Hello, I'm Atima. I'm a corporate executive poet and catalyst for social change. My podcast series reflects the journey from darkness into the light. In the series, I read from my collection of poems and short stories from my book entitled Catching a Glimpse. It's inspired by women, all of them who caught a flicker of light and held on to it, resilient and strong, believing when the world around them doubted. These are their stories. I hope it encourages you to continue to seek and hold on to the light in your life. Reflections on Darkness In my soul's dark hour, I caught a glimpse of moonlight, a flicker so faint. I was running, leaving everything behind. As I ran, I thought about, did I grab enough memories? I tried to take the pictures, my wedding, the birth of my child, but my husband screamed quickly, we must go quickly, the rebels are coming. When it's over, darling, we'll return. We could see the smoke in the neighboring town. I knew despite his words, there would be nothing when we finally did return. There would only be the remnants of our dreams. I ran from room to room. I wanted to soak it all in, hoping to imprint in my mind how happy we'd been in our home. Hurry, hurry, we must go now, he shouted. I paused, I just need a few more minutes wanted to remember. He picked up the children and put them in the car. He could wait no longer, so he grabbed me and we ran to the car. Luckily, we have a car. We go as far as we can. The road becomes impenetrable. Mud grips our tires. We're trapped. He had saved for five years for this car. He polished it on Sundays and made the houseboy wash it every day. I looked at him and knew we must leave it behind if we had a chance in the jungle with the rebels approaching. We must travel light, he says. So I take the food, a blanket, a few clothes for the night, hoping tomorrow we will reach safety. I clutch my cloth full of pictures. I will not leave these behind, I say. We begin the walk, we hope away from this darkness. We walk for a week and still no safety. I can't go on. We've passed many dead people in the jungle. We've eaten berries and I have seen things I long to forget. I tell the children stories and sing sweet lullabies. They must know the world is still beautiful, still bright. I cannot bear to tell my niece and nephew that their parents have died. I'll wait a bit longer, maybe when we're safe, perhaps when we've eaten, washed, and the shelling has stopped. They probably already know. I lie back down and turn my back so they won't see my tears. Everything has gone black for me. The darkness. The darkness is our deepest shame. 
Black conjures images of destruction and pain. Black is the color of darkness. Black is the empty spaces. But for me, black is the night with stars shining bright. Black is the hour before the dawn of a new day. Black is a person longing to be free. Black is me. Transitions. In winter, I awake to my solitude, the gray, cold, empty feeling of being alone. In spring, I feel the bustle of renewal, but the bee's sting reminds me of the pain that remains, even as things bloom. The flowers come, then summer arrives with radiant sun, but its hot hours wilt away all of spring's bloom. Fall descends, sweeping in bright colors on trees, signaling the coming of gray again. Suddenly I am in winter, alone in my solitude, hoping for spring to bring renewal again and again and again. Reflections on the light. Saturday morning, I find myself at the church's food pantry. We all feel proud. It is one of the best in the city. We're there to do good, to give back, and ease our burdens for having too much. But the truth is that food pantry teems with decay. Lots of nearly rotting food for the forgotten people. But there in the line, my eye catches a woman too thin, worn out by years of destruction. I struggle not to judge her. Then I see her children perfectly pressed old clothes with worn, polished shoes, the cornrows neatly tied at the end with red bows. It was care that created those intricate braids and love that trimmed and cleaned their fingernails. Number 45, I said. Then all 90 pounds of her walked up proud, even defiant. I want to pick my own food, she said. I offered to help her the rules, but she wouldn't relent. She bent over the baskets, looking for the fruit with the least amount of bruises, the vegetables that were ripe, not rotten, and milk with some time before the best before date. Heavy laden, I helped them to an awaiting car. Her sister had come to pick the children, there were lots of hugs and kisses and promises of calls and a Saturday morning visit. My fellow volunteer looked on and muttered angrily, what a waste. Why is she destroying herself with drugs? I looked over at her and shook my head and walked to number 46. Didn't she realize that before her eyes was hope? She had hung in stayed sober and loved her babies. For those brief hours, she was there. A woman, despite the odds, who continued to believe her children deserved the best. It's a glimmer, a sliver of light. That's hope.
possibility. Dew drop on a leaf, light beaming through a crack. It's the possibility, the rapture of expectancy. But what if the sun turns to rain? Those tiny teardrops of pain and the rush begins to fade. What remains until the rain becomes the sun? Then possibility again. Angela. You can hear her even before you see her, singing and humming a joyful tune. When she reaches the door, her voice still in song, she shouts out, Hade Bode, and we all reply in unison, The Bode Fainu. It's the Sierra Leonean greeting she taught us. We're in the hospital. She comes over to Daddy. Dada, the Bode Fine today? He cracks a smile. We've been here for a week so far. Another stroke. We're worn, thankful for another day, hoping to go home, waiting for the doctor's okay. We hope he'll say not too much damage. We've been here twice before. And to be sure, we know there'll be more damage. Angela bustles around, bringing a lightness. Daddy, let's put on a brighter shirt. Daddy, let me read you the paper telling stories and tales and rides on the trotro to the hospital. She takes away the heaviness in the room. She's so bright. One day I ask her, knowing her past, she's a refugee. She fled Sierra Leone. I know about the camps, the pain, the loss. How do you do it? Simply, she says, I caught a glimpse of what my life could be. And I held on because, my sister, nothing else remained. What choice do I have but to go on to hope to believe somehow it's going to be better? Angela inspired me and the many other people that I have spoken to as I was writing this collection who shared their glimmers of light and hope with me. It is clear that each person caught a glimpse of what could be and clutched it until they reached the fullness of light. Thank you for teaching me that darkness never, ever extinguishes the light. I hope these poems and short stories remind you of the beauty of light and inspires you to continue your journey into the light. <laughs>